Yes, hello and welcome along once again to another edition of the Irish Rally Podcast tonight in association with our good friends at uh, treerock.ie and, of course, GRT Hire. Well, what a magnificent weekend it was down in Clonakilty and the surrounding areas for the West Cork Rally. I have to say, I was absolutely blown away with the buzz on Friday evening. It was great to get down and, and chat to some of the competitors and talk to a lot of the fans and different people that you wouldn't have seen for a long time. Three years since we were in West Cork or whatever for a rally weekend. And by God, the place was absolutely thronged and it was buzzing the whole weekend. It was fantastic. And uh, yeah, even though there was a, a lot of traveling done up and back or whatever, uh, I think I think we're still very much on a high. So we have a nice program ahead of us this evening, to say the least. We have tasty guests. We'll be talking to uh, the three-time British Rally Champion, Matt Edwards, in a couple of moments' time. Uh, we'll also be chatting to Anthony O'Sullivan, who, of course, won the historic category in a beautiful Ford. Uh, Kevin O'Driscoll is going to be on with us. Uh, unfortunately, uh, James Stafford has been tied up in work, so we're not going to have a chat with him. But we are hoping to chat to his navigator, Tom Scallon, who I know is trying to jump on the call as we speak. Uh, we will have a chat with James over the coming days uh, separately to that, and we will get it out across our uh, social channels, and we will put it up on Spotify and Apple and all those as well. So, yeah, that's where we are. Mr. Anthony Nestor, how are we doing? Hello there. That was a good weekend, wasn't it? Cracker. Absolute cracker. I, I really enjoyed it. How about you? The way that town adopts that rally is just magnificent. Like it's, um, we were interviewed at, with um, Sean Moriarty of the Kerry Motorsport News at the finish, and as I said, you know, double decker bus, champagne spraying from the bus, shut off the main street, a couple of thousand people down there. You wouldn't see it anywhere else. Like it's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The town really, really adopts. They really, they really bring the rally to the people. The people like you know you see the people in the town there at, even at the ceremonial start where i met you for the first time but you see the people that you know they wouldn't necessarily be on the stages out and you know they wouldn't have that much of an interest but they certainly with there was families out and i see the the very good sponsors about the championship and the rally clan of kilty pudding we were actually outside their door for the finish ramp and they were cooking food and handing it out free of charge to everybody and it was just a lovely atmosphere um yeah, it's a, as I said, prior to the event, it's a, it's a special event in the calendar. Totally different characteristic, obviously, to the roads of Galway. Uh, lots of grip. Uh, tire wear a lot higher. Um, totally different setup on cars, uh, as in, you know, slightly lower, slightly stiffer. Not as many bumps and jumps here as you would in some of the other events. And, uh, yeah, just overall a good event. I was just remarked uh, one of the people uh, involved in the running of it, Greg, actually, who who, who uh, had difficulty logging on with us last week. How long is it since we saw car number 170 on the reserve getting called up four days prior to an event? Uh, it, it's unheard of, like. Um, but, yeah, lo- lots and lots of positives this weekend. Lots of little bits and pieces as well. I know they had um, difficulties with the results, which is something, obviously, that's going to have to be addressed going forward. Uh, probably one little disappointment, but I said it is really little, and I and I understand why they had to do it. Was the I see the drivers' briefings are back for the competitors. I would be one of these people that would be a very anti-drivers' briefing. I I just don't see the the point of it. Albeit I did speak to somebody uh, about them, and I can understand why they have had them have had to have them. 
Um, they brought them back in Mayo. And there's a bit of difficulty in the short term until everyone gets used to this tracking system and what button to press if you have difficulty and so on and so forth. And uh, the uh, Motorsport Ireland find that if you have a driver's briefing and you brief people an hour before the event on how the operation of the tracking is to go in the event of it needing to be used, um, there's less problems throughout the day if people are get the, the the tuition or the training prior i know there's an online video but unfortunately i don't in my opinion i don't think that video is getting watched as much as uh, certainly as people would like uh, like them to watch it um so yeah the driver's brief and maybe with us for another little while so but again it's only a little thing um overall great weekend loved it can't yeah. wait till next year. Mind you, I thought the trophy the, in Galway or in Cork every year, you get a mug. And I've been getting little mugs back in West Cork since 1997, I think. I must look, they're on a shelf in the next room. And uh, But the mug we got this time will be a collector's item in time. Our mug this year was dated 2020, which would make you smile. Yeah. But it in time can be a great talking point when we were all old and in the North Home. We'll say, well, how did you get a, an award for the rally that never ran? <laughs> yeah. But uh, again, it's a talking point. And of course, obviously, the logic behind it was that, that if we remember back to 2020, that rally, we were down wrecking on the Thursday and the rally was pulled. So obviously, they had all their awards, all their programs, all their decals, everything was used, everything was purchased, ready to go. So yeah, it's. Um, They'll make a collector's out of out of that little cup yet, but uh, I think for um, for some of us that are probably going there for a few years, uh, it's nice to gather those cups anyway. Actually, must give a, a shout out and, and and Kevin. I will ask speak to Kevin about this. I spoke to a man outside drivers' briefing. We won't mention the fact that drivers' briefing was going on at the time, but we were outside in the in the in the lobby area, and um, um, oh God, I'll be shocked because I can't think of his second name. But of the last, the Cork, West Cork, I think, was running for the last 42 years, and he's done 38 of them. That's some achievement. Jerry O'Mahony, I think. I know his surname is O'Mahony. I'll be shot now for not remembering. I'm sure Kevin will, will enlighten us on it. But yeah, he done 38 of the last 42 events. That's some record. But you know, I'll, get, he, I'll get Kevin to clarify there. He's, he's, back, he's backstage. Kevin, step up. Yeah, step up is right. Hang on, I'll fix this. Yeah, um, he's right. Yep. Yeah. 38 valleys of the 42 so someone what, so Jer Jer jerry i know he's 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 the dad talk yeah jerry is um jason and jonathan's dad jason yeah. and jonathan's dad jonathan who would have sat with on there yeah jerry's uh jerry's an absolute gentleman um yeah and uh yeah, it's great that he got him. He didn't do the 2019 event, but he's um he's back out. He came back out this year now again, and you know I'm actually sure if he finished or not, but I think he did actually. I've looked at the full list, but uh, yeah, he was going strong on Sunday anyway. Good stuff. Kev, in fairness, a lot of people are saying it's one of the best West Cork rallies, if not the best, that they have ever seen. Yeah, I suppose from my own perspective, it is definitely the fastest I've seen. I mean, look, we've seen fast drivers in the past, you know, where maybe you'd have <clears throat> one or two guys, you know, pulling ahead of the field, having a great battle. And well, this year you'd have half a dozen of them at the very front. And that's not taken away from everybody else that was following behind, you know what I mean? everyone right down the field and i mean i was there five of the six stages so i got to see every single car everyone was doing the best they could and but the pace was just incredible it was from start from right right actually got quicker as it went on you know and you know our field is a nice place, stage to start on uh very fast very flowing Hayes' cross not so easy sam's a very technical stage 
they'd add Ross Moore, you know, something similar. And then, <clears throat> of course, you would ring on Sunday morning and two long stages after that in Kilgore and Ballon Scarty. And every one is something different. And um, Joey went from tight and twisty, even even as Antti might have thought he was in the forest trade, say, at some stage, with the, the amount of dust that was being thrown up in, in the ring. And, and yeah, the ring was so, incredible, actually, in fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was at the flying yeah. finish of the ring. And, you know, the dust that was coming up there was just amazing to just, you know, to stay. I said, like a forestry. Jerry O'Mahony finished 58 overall on his 38th event. That's some goal. So mm. yeah. Won't be too many around the country and do their own local event as many times. You know, maybe the only one that springs to mind that might have done a lot of events as well would be Nola Sullivan and Killarney on his own home local rally. I'd say. Yes, it does. They would, they would probably be the only two I could think of that that would have um, such a, a long running stint on their home rally. Isn't it great to have such an interest? And he, uh, as I said, we spoke probably for 15 minutes or so. And he was as enthusiastic as some of the junior lads going out. He could not wait to get going. Mm. He was just, you know, yeah. really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. I, um, yeah, such enthusiasm. But of course, the family are all rally people. Yeah, um, that, all, that all helps, I suppose. It feeds into that as well. And But, <clears throat> you know, it wouldn't be the same. Joey didn't do the 2019 event, but uh, so it's four years since his last rally, which is probably understandable. And he was tearing to get back out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring in uh, Mr. Matt Edwards. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. Hi. Not too bad. So, yeah, Matt, um, I know you were you were around West Cork at the the weekend. Unfortunately, maybe not in the in the context or guys that we would have uh, hoped to have had you. Um, so maybe your your thoughts on on West Cork first uh, before we delve into the other stuff. Well, my first question is, can I not get one of those mugs as well? Because I, I did the recce in 19 as well. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Well, I, actually, as I said, in 20, sorry. In 20. We can't, go in, we can't go into it live, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll have one organised for when we meet that, that, on that date that we just discussed earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring one for you. I'll get that organised. I'll get Kevin to get that organised after we get it. No, that's great. No, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the stages, you know, immensely in 19. And, you know, I remember being there in 20 looking... Looking forward to it, and uh, I would have been in the Mark II Fiesta for the first time on tarmac that year. Um, and obviously, the route's the same as we wrecked then, so it was it was nice to do a few laps of them on the in a different capacity last weekend. But um, no, look look like great stages, and I've watched some of the onboard of uh, well, a lot of Marion Evans is on board um, during the event and since, and uh, it's uh, it looked like some some challenge for sure. Mm -hmm. Matt, um, I think in, in fairness, uh, you tires you were involved in, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's, what was the kind of feedback that the lads were looking for, and what kind of feedback were you giving? I suppose. <laughs> um, to, to go to walk you through it, really, we we arrived on the uh, the, the day of the recce. We did did a full recce twice, uh, two passes of everything to to kind of familiarise ourselves with the terrain where the surface might be changing temperatures um and then we basically reported back to the pirelli runners in modified front wheel drive and and the main uh the r5 category uh sort of summary of a report if you like not necessarily giving them a a definitive choice but you know an option of you could go this way or you could go that way because it was quite temperature wise it was on the borderline of two two different Pirelli tyres generally uh depending on your driving style you could go one way or the other and then the morning of the rally we do a, a very very early run round temperature check and and again feed that back and 
just getting some feedback at the end of the stages, really, to see what they thought that you know how they, if they were on the right tire, the wrong tire, if if so, why, um, and then temperatures to see if they were getting the the target temperatures in in the tire that they were on, and you know using that information to to either you know stay stay put on the tire you're on or, or make a change. So it was it was interesting. I learned you know I learned a lot you know spending the time with Jonathan Wells there from from Pirelli, very busy man, but obviously values the the business in Ireland and, and the Irish Tarmac Championship. So putting a big effort into uh, to support those those customers. It was very well disseminated out to us as the competitors because it was arriving via, so the information that you were feeding back to whomever, and we were getting it via text and WhatsApp to our phones. Yep. So yep. it was, you know, uh, I thought it was just a nice idea. And 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 the timing was mm-hmm. quite good. You were actually in service when the the notification arrived, or it was prior. It was yeah. similar to a gravel crew setup that yeah, you know, basically prior to, prior to making the decision, it arrived in your phone for you. Yeah, we it, did we did plan it. You know, it was yeah, no, you could know it had to be planned. Um, with the timing yeah. of the information arrival, I says here, yeah, this is very well done. Um, yeah, I thought it was. It was. Um, it was. It was another touch that we hadn't seen before. It was another, I suppose, look, it's yeah. you're trying to make an amateur sport professional and it was just that little bit of professionalism brought back into it again. Yeah, uh, and I, again, tyres is something a lot of people don't pay enough attention to and it's something absolutely. I learned very early on that, you know, you know when you're on either a poor tyre or the wrong tyre and that can take... A massive amount of confidence out of any driver at any level. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And it's your only point of contact with the road, the course. Remember, yeah. it's it's you know, it, 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 you know, so it's very important indeed. So uh, no, it was good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear your feedback as well as somebody involved. So no, that's good. Well, I think uh, it's fair to say you're a jack of all trades. Uh, so as well as winning the the BRC three times in a row, um, you know, you have have dealt with a lot of competitors. You do a bit of coaching and stuff. You were in Mayo very recently, so maybe talk to us about that. Yeah, well, the, the coaching is is my main my main business, my main income, really self employed basis, obviously. Um, and I, I I am admittedly quite selective um, about who benefits from that service that was offered to Jason in Mayo. It's it, it kind of becomes it's the 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 outcome of a longer term relationship, if you like, it's not something that I would just jump in and do straight away. Um, because the idea of it is to effectively co-drive and coach at the same time, which you need a relationship and an understanding with the driver to able to be able to do that. So I'd done a few tests with Jason spent a lot of time talking on the phone. There was a very clear, mo about what we were going to do on the day uh, and the repeated stages lent itself to that uh, with uh, you know two stages repeated you know three four times so it was it was an easier event to do that on um and it's something i've done a few you know quite quite a few times in the past um different drivers different events but we find that if you get that relationship working it can be <clears throat> beneficial because the the driver gets the feedback live as it happens because i will sometimes sacrifice the notes at that time at a safe place obviously to give live feedback you know that was too fast in too slow in wrong gear this that and the other and then they they relate those 
that feedback to an exact moment in time rather than getting to the end of the stage and you know remember that left hander that tightened or you're in the wrong gear it, the moment's gone then mm. and it's it's difficult to go back to it you know and obviously a lot of people running cars so that that helps but you actually recall that sensation immediately and then you can learn from it and that's something that's it's it's not very easy to do in testing in a way because a lot of time by the time you've done the road twice you've learned it and you don't make this mistake that you would on the first pass of a rally for example so mm. it's like a live live feedback loop if you like so that the, the, the progress comes faster because you you're adapting as you go along and uh, you know Jason did really well that day and the, the times by the end of the day were you know within a handful of seconds of the leaders which was where he wants to be and then he's kind of off on his own for a few events now and see how he gets on <laughs> Well, can I just ask, Matt, like, is it difficult for you to be given that live feedback and then to revert back to the exact note in terms of what's coming next? Like, Anthony will know, have a navigator for three or four decades that, you know, you hardly lift your head um, as a navigator. So I imagine there's a great deal of difficulty in that. Um, yeah, you could say that. It gets a bit busy at times. Um, it's It's all based on the feel at the time you don't necessarily need your head up to feel something not quite right you know you can you feel that you've gone into somewhere a bit quick or a bit too slow or in the wrong gear or the braking wasn't quite right you, you can you feel that quite quite quickly and generally it'll be something that we've encountered before so I'll only need to say one or two words to draw attention to it and the driver will generally know what mistake they've repeated or you know, it, it'll be. It won't be necessarily something new to to them that we haven't discussed before. So, I am generally knackered at the end of a day co-driving um, because effectively I'm trying to do two jobs at once. But I do find it really rewarding when you know you can you can have a good stage without giving any feedback because that generally means everything was, you know, I was feeling the right forces and the right you know motion in the car that meant I didn't need to comment, and that those are the good stages and. Um, it's a good sensation when it all comes together. It's quite unusual to see, to listen to a driver speaking, an accomplished driver especially, speaking about co-driving in the way that you do, in that most drivers wouldn't sit in the passenger seat <clears> of the <throat> car to go to the park firmware, let alone sit in the bloody rally car. Um, do, you find, do you find the transition, would you stay co-driving? Or is there much you find a boys out of driving? I'm only curious in the sense that I've only ever co-driven the most. Yeah. I probably have driven most of the cars, but I need driven them to get them out of my way to get at something behind them. Um, I would never have an aspiration to drive. Um, I can hardly drive myself there and drive myself home. Um, so I'd be interested to what your thoughts are. You know, can you just transition over and on you go again? Or at the moment, I seem to be able to. I think at the moment. I'm hoping that I'm not done driving. You know, I'm, I'm still hoping that there's there's some program, you know, somewhere that I'm, you know, I'm not actively working on anything at the moment. Although there's there's obviously ambition to do stuff, but um, I think if I wasn't driving and co-driving for the benefit of customers and as part of the business, I think I would continue to do it. But I don't think I would continue to do it if it wasn't part of a business 
here's here's a question for you on this is this question isn't even rehearsed I, I i just has come into my head but i'm sure a lot of drivers especially would be curious to get your feedback in this and the question is obviously you've been in the fiesta with jason you have obviously been very successful i was up doing the ulster with stuart bigger staff last year and i saw your stage times what makes the polo so special because it seems to be i've never been in a polo um what makes it so special it just seems to have when you consider i suppose the development has finished for, on it for the last what three years two years yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, two years i think there was an update just before we started using it a, a yeah. last engine update but there's nothing else to come um what I makes think, it so special what 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 is this in your opinion is it stand out characteristic compared to what's out there at the moment i think it's the damping really ah okay i think that's what again it's it's basically what keeps you connected to the road isn't it i think the dampers are very simple to to get your head around there's no irish tar euro tar it's that damper right. that's a lot you know that's and it. it's and it, it it almost doesn't seem to matter what clicks you've got in it just seems to work i mean i did i tried quite a lot with it but it was only slightly different feel it didn't make nothing made it significantly faster than it was to start with um i mean i, st I still love the fiesta you know i drove jason's fiesta the other week and you know i got in it and you know i thought well you know it was great to drive you know there's, there's i haven't done much in the skoda um so i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to to yeah, comment on that but I, I, I you know and look at the fiesta it was you know callum was leading so yes. i think there just my, seems to be a lot of people trying to get their hands on polos yeah it just seems to be i think that might be my fault yeah well it probably <laughs> is yeah um <laughs> honestly it, it's it's the polo's a great car but i i don't think it's night and day. i think it's probably slightly easier to drive I don't think there's an out and out performance advantage really you know i just got i just got on well with it and i think I a lot of it comes down to how how much effort you put into everything else preparation i suppose yeah, yeah. johnny kelly spoke about that in our preview show you know the preparation is four times what the rally is it's the yeah. preparation is is absolutely phenomenal we were even yeah. talking a bit the last day about you know getting your mind free and getting your head in a space where you can just concentrate totally on it and it's not easy done no. yeah that's interesting feedback now because a lot of people in it certainly the guys that i would be with and other guys would say god what is that polo like and yeah. we've had a few of them up testing and that and they just seem very well balanced they seem very yeah. nimble very they balanced yeah. very balanced yeah the balance is i think you just get you get a good feel for it i mean maybe the feel in the fiesta takes a little bit more learning yeah but i i don't think you know I, the reason we went for a polo wasn't car based it was purely budget we had a sponsor with um the trade parts supplier for vw and that made up the difference in the budget that we that we needed and obviously that couldn't go on a fiesta <laughs> so yeah, it was a, a purely financial circumstantial reason that we went to the polo and it just it just seemed to work and it would be interesting with the new skoda r5 as to what technology would be carried over if any from that polo yeah maybe, maybe. i mean i know that i know the damper on the polo was the the world car damper that it finished with in 2016 so 
Wow, you know, right. That that the development that would have gone into that wouldn't have been shy, would it? So absolutely not, yeah. I remember some of the jumps on Mull, some of the, the bumps and the jumps and the sequences of bumps together, you almost couldn't upset it if you tried. You know, I kept going faster and faster over this bump and it was almost laughing at me. Just saying, come on, give me more, give me more. It was just, you know, it was bottoming out and yeah. but the chassis never moved. It was it was phenomenal, really. Interesting. Matt, can I ask then, like, obviously we have some indication or idea as to why you're not actually doing the tarmac championship. I know it's a complex issue, but as much as you can tell us why and, and, and how, or what can we do to maybe avoid situations like that happening again, that doesn't happen to someone else. Um, I think I got off, I got off fairly lightly, to be honest. Um, can you see me or is that screen gone? It's, uh, I can hear you. The screen has. No, it, for a while. <coughs> it does. It does do this sometimes. Um, yeah, we we can hear you anyway. So okay. Um, no, I th I th I think the intention was that, or the assumption was, I had a pot of money myself, that I would have spent to go and do the rally, on the promise of the funds coming back afterwards. I think that's what was the the intention. Um, I'm not sure really why, but I was, you know, promised the world and um, there was lots of things coming and lots of conversations. And um, every time a proposed deadline was reached, something was supposedly sorted, but then there was something else. Then when that was sorted, oh, well, we're just waiting for this. Then And it just kept going on and on. And I smelled a rat fairly early on, to be honest. Uh, but at the time, I had nothing else. I had no other lifeline, no other, you know, potential sponsors. And, of course, there's, there's loads of people I speak to that generally try and help. And, you know, we have sponsorship conversations almost daily. But... And when they don't bear fruit, that's fine. Everybody's had a genuine go at helping. That happens, that, and I've got no problem with that. But this was a, a fraudulent um, make-believe story, really. And, and you know, it, it at the time it came, it was very difficult because I had nothing else. And to have pinned all my hopes on that and to see it disappear almost, because I made, I made a phone call in the end. Uh, to somebody who they told me not to mention their name to. And I thought, well, why have they said that? And in the end, I just picked up the phone. I said a couple of words and, you know, the, it was quite clear that I'd had the, the, the same treatment that this other person had had. And it just all came crashing down around me. And I just thought, Do you know what, I've, I've given 110% to everything for the last 18 years now. And it's come to this that, you know, somebody's, sort of trying to fool me into spending my own money, you know, that I may have saved. You know, fortunately, I don't have any, so it was quite simple that we weren't going. Um, and it is just difficult that, you know, even after the success last year and the, the three times champion thing and, you know, that there wasn't nothing, there was nothing on the horizon at all. It was was difficult to take. And, you know, the whole thing knocked me for six, really. And that's probably why I'm... I was able to go to Cork in the capacity I did and not be that worried because the stress of the last, certainly the last three or four years 
to keep it all going and keep the show on the road because it, it's you know it, it's it's not far off a one man band there's not a big team of people around me doing all the work it's it's quite it's quite clear that if if I'm not active and chasing something nothing is going to happen um so you know it, it's it's just one of those things really but I think the thing to think about for people that do get approached is how genuine is it? Do you do your research? Do you know, look look at the the names that they mention, the companies they mention, and there's things like Companies House and all these things you can look at to see how genuine these people are. And you know, it's just a shame they're out there. Mm. Matt, the thing that strikes me is you're obviously a very intelligent person, but if someone was unfortunate enough to maybe not be as clued in as you then this could have drastic circumstances. Yeah, the, the, there was the potential that I'd put the money down to to run the car if, I, if I'd if i had it. And, you know, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll put all the branding all over it, this, that and the other. And, oh, sorry, you know, you've, you may have won the rally, but we've got no, but the, the money hasn't come through. And that was basically what I thought was going to happen. But I was fortunate that I didn't have that, that lump to put down. But I, I just I don't know. You don't, I think you've just got to make sure the money's in the bank before... Like, you don't walk out of Tesco's with your baguette without paying for it, do you? So why should the sponsor get the, the coverage without paying for that first? I think that's the probably the easiest way to go about it. But then motorsport's not all like that, is it? A lot of it's, you know, promises, handshakes and this, that and the other. And generally that works. But, on, you know, on this occasion, it was it was quite clear early on to me that things weren't quite what they seemed and... Uh, I was careful quite early on, but yeah, it's 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 mad that, that something like that can can happen. I suppose, Matt. Really, and the disappointing thing, like you you said, I think that it's probably the most disappointing thing that's ever happened to you yeah. in in rallying, right? And your intentions this year, just for the listeners and viewers out there, you were going to have a right good stab at this Irish Tire Championship, I think, were you? By all accounts, that was the only thing I was trying to do. Hmm. I I had. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not pursuing British now. You know, there's, I've not jumped from trying to do the Irish to trying to do the British. There's no current intention to do that. Not that I wouldn't do it, but the time and effort and money to do it on top of everything else that I've got going on is too much for, for me to do on my own. So, you know, to try and do it properly would need a lot more energy than I've got available. But the Irish was certainly the, the target and the only thing I had to set set my sights on doing. Um, but I think that the, the time between Ulster finishing and the new Irish tarmac season starting was what, two months, two and a bit, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe three, three to a push and Christmas and everything in the middle. And uh, the come down after last year was, was quite big. It took a long time to, um, to sort of settle down after all that, you know, again with the stress of things and the way it all panned out. Um, but no, I was I was absolutely set on on trying to do it. Mm. You know, just unfortunately with the time scale and the budget involved, it's it, it didn't. We didn't. It never really got started. I had I had absolutely nothing on the table towards towards any of it after a couple of months of fairly hard work. But mm-hmm. it was it was it was difficult, and you know, it's not me for six really. It's the energy took a dive very quickly. Um, not that the enthusiasm for driving has gone at all, um, but just to try and gather all that up and, and have another go on my own was quite, quite tricky. 
That's the one advantage of being in Clonakilty for the weekend. If you're feeling any way down at all, it was certainly a great town. <laughs> yeah. to give you, it was certainly a great town to give you a lift. I'm sure a few beverages yeah. on Friday and Saturday night would would give give a lift to anybody. So I don't I don't really drink, but it was uh, it was certainly you know I I really enjoyed it. And, you know I love coming to all the events. I'm, I'm coming over next week for two days working, and then I'm over for the circuit working, and you know there's. The, the visits. I, I think I need to find a flat or something somewhere. So, <laughs> I have a caravan here, handy enough money. Now we will. I'm sure we could do something. <laughs> I will do, we'll do a deal on the caravan. Yeah. The only thing is, the higher car you get, you need to get it with a tow bar, maybe. But. Yeah, yeah. As long as the as long as the caravans are Swift or one of the associated brands, that'll be okay. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. I'd say we we're, we're on the market <laughs> there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, can I just ask before we let you go on? You've been very, very good with your time. Um, uh, if the budget comes for a spin on one round of the championship this year is that something that interests you and obviously it goes without saying we would love to have you competing in next year's championship um not that our pity and, and sympathy is going to mean anything to you in terms of what happened to you this year but we're being genuine and sincere we would love to see you have a right good go at the whole championship next year but would we see you maybe in a round or two before the year is out i'd, I'd love to do one yeah i mean i i wouldn't be bothered which one either i know the you know everybody talks about donegal but you know, at the end of the day, I've I've not done many of them, so to do something new is is basically what I'm I'm looking to do, and um, you know that was the main challenge of doing the championship. But you know, I'd love to do one if if I can make something happen. And I think, to be honest, the, the support that I had for the idea, if everybody that sent a message was worth a pound, I'd have been there. You know, the, the support you know was was huge, and the enthusiasm was huge. You know. Lots of you know well-known Irish drivers, co-drivers were, were you know messages of support, and you know again over in Clonakilty there was lots of support for for me just being there doing what I was doing. It was it was great, and you know I really appreciate all that. And um, it would be great to come over there and, and actually yeah, maybe the likes of the the Cork Twenty, which has moved forward this year. Now it's on the August Bank Holiday weekend. It would be handy fly into Cork. You're in the city. Yeah. Um, Always a lovely rally as well. Yeah. So I mean, you know, again, it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from doing it in any any of the the cars either. I, I'm quite open to the challenge of, you know, of driving anything. That's that's part of what I've been through the whole time of, of driven being in a in a in a rally car is driving something different at, you know, short notice, no testing, all the rest of it, and you know, being able to adapt quite quickly to that that process. But yeah never say never and you know i'm always you know perhaps perhaps when i've got a little bit more settled i'm, I'm moving out and, and things at the minute as well so that's all a bit hectic and once the energy starts to restore and i go to a few more rallies without a car i'll, I'll probably start getting frustrated enough to get back on the bandwagon somehow but i've got a interesting event this weekend coming up in north wales with a fiat that i've been working with for a few years now so the 131 bar so we're going for a skid on there and oh wow that'll be well, interesting yeah, I'm sure it will. We've got a test tomorrow morning, so we'll hopefully we've sorted some of the things out that prevented us from doing the uh, the Malcolm Wilson last minute. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Is the idea to take the Abarth out for us uh, an event somewhere? Or yeah, we're doing Rally North Wales uh, oh, wow. second round yeah. of the British Historics this weekend. So um, that'd be a bit of a nice to hear. I know we we campaigned with Owen Murphy and Cork to be done last week. In a sunbeam, uh, there for a yeah, few I years. Remember. There's great yeah. crack at the historics. I, 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 anybody should do it. It is some crack. Yeah. And like as the years now go on, 
it's getting more competitive and competitive yeah. and you see the likes of the legacies now are, are historic cars hard to believe like the legacy and yeah, it won't well, be long before the Impreza was going to be a historic car now as well. So. Owen, Owen was doing the historics the last time I actually did an historic rally in 2014. So. All right. It's, uh, yeah, it's great, great fun. Yeah. And uh, and it's super competitive. Like It uh, is. Matt, if there's any justice in the world at all, we'll see you in Ireland before the years out competing, whether it's in <laughs> historics or modifieds or overall categories or fives, whatever. Uh, it would be great to see you in action. And if not, no, we really hope we see, you, we see you next year. Look, you've been very good with your time. Thanks for joining us here live on the Irish Rally Podcast this evening. All no right? problem. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks for Matt. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, great conversation. Really, yeah, I've never met that chap before. No, I, I, um, yeah, he's a very, he'd be my polar opposite. He's a very gentle, soft spoken chap, isn't he? Um, you said it, no comment. Ah, sure, look, everyone would be thinking it anyway. I wouldn't worry yeah, about that, but yeah, it. nice chap. Now, he's, um, yeah, he's you can see he's hurt from, yeah, what happened to him before the Galway International. It is really, um, yeah, you can see the. It's fairly obvious. You can see was. by his body language that yeah, that's that's what happened to him was awful. Actually, we mm. never actually said for the people who didn't know um, uh, what happened. Um, I suppose we should have said this first. Literally, he was and, and someone correct me if I'm wrong here. He was promised a sponsorship package. He had an entry in for the Galway International. He was seeded number two or three or something, and it turned out the whole thing was bogus. There was no, there was no money. There was no anything. And no, the same, actually, yeah. Kevin actually was pretty much involved at the time. So, with the club, yeah. was that kind of the be all and end all of it? Was it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. The entry everybody was going into just waiting on, on things that happened that never happened. And you know, I mean, to be fair, he did a huge amount of work in the background to get himself to that point. And you know, we gave him as much time as he needed, you know, within reason. And um, it just didn't work out for him. It's a shame for all concerned. Obviously, the personal level for Matt, but obviously for Irish wedding fans and organizers as well. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a sad reflection on society, really, isn't it? That that somebody mm -hmm. would do that to another human being. It's you know, if you're not going to sponsor and you're not going to sit down and do the deal, well, just don't do it. Don't mm. don't string somebody along for two to three, yeah, two weeks or two and a half weeks long, and you know, not giving them answers and you know, just messing them around. Yeah, yeah, not not a nice thing. But sure, maybe look if if only one person picks up on this tonight, and and these guys can be rooted out and. Stop it from happening to somebody else. Look, we'll, we'll have achieved something on this podcast tonight. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, look, we have a couple more guests to uh, get to. Um, at the outset of the program, I told Anthony Sullivan he'd be on about 10 or 15 minutes after Matt Edwards. It's about 40 minutes into the program. Uh, Tom Scallon is on standby as well, but we'll bring in Anthony O'Sullivan. How are we getting on? All right, gentlemen. How are things? Good, thanks. Yeah, good. Good. Um, good. We were just talking about historic, so it was a nice little segue. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Beautiful car, nice result, and uh, an enjoyable day, I'm sure. Yeah, it was an enjoyable weekend. Um, sure, yeah, sure. Neil Williams' car is it's, it's spot on. The, the the detail on it, the prep that goes into it, everything is absolutely A1, you know. So, yeah, we, we, we go well. Um, we did a lot of preparation for West Cork. Um, Neil wanted to do very well in the event. Uh, so yeah, we started uh, recce on on Thursday fairly early. Did our couple of loops, um, got a good feel. The weather we knew was going to be good, so we made a notes accordingly. Um, 
Friday was the same. Um, you know, everything was looking good. So we went out Saturday morning. I think our, our, our kind of aim really was to hit the stages very hard on, on Saturday and try and lay down um, lay down a marker, I suppose. Myself and Neil spoke about, you know, Alan Ring behind us in the M3, obviously a, another, a fabulous car. And with Alan's pace in Killarney, We've, and, and maybe Mac Dade as well. They, they were going to be our our two main competitors. Competitors, I suppose. Um, yeah. After the first stage, uh, we were after taking twenty odd seconds out of out of Allen, um, and about 10, 15 seconds out of out, out of Mac Dade. So that laid the marker down. Um, the next two or three stages, we did the same. And I think at the end of of Saturday, we we're about a minute there or thereabouts um, ahead. So uh, yeah, we did a very enjoyable Saturday. Very enjoyable Saturday. So you know you were you were talking to Matt a while ago about you know how, th- how competitive things are and Anthony you touched on it as well. You've done a lot of historic rallying with Owen. It is as competitive as the modifieds. Um, if, if 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 you look if you look at, at at Neil's times, he's setting times. He's beating class thirteens. He's t- knocking on the door at class fourteens as you were as well, Anthony, when you were in the Sunbeam. Um, it ain't slow. You know, I'm, actually, I'm actually looking at it here on the sheets, and your times were well within inside the top twenty of the international. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, and 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 that is some going for a historic car. So we have to do a lot of 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 preparation for the notes because we have to carry an awful amount of speed through the corners, you know, because um, mm. uh, we're probably you know maybe a hundred horsepower down on some of the the thirteens and fourteens, you know um so yeah we yeah. the amount of uh, prep that goes into our notes is 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 crazy you know um friday night even saturday night i was still looking at videos still looking at notes trying to you know get cleaner lines through you know telling neil where to go faster where to back off because the, the end of the stages were quite gravelly especially balnascarty um the last 2k that was was you know there was just pebbles everywhere that's where you throw it away but um yeah, these 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 kind of modern historic cars, if you want to call them that, um, they're serious going, absolutely serious going, you know. Um, and yeah, this it's 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 very enjoyable. So we're we're happy to come away with with the win at my local event. Um, so I know the, I, I know the area fairly well. Feel very comfortable calling notes in West Cork uh, compared to other events in the country. You know, um, miles gap and stuff can be a bit a bit daunting for anybody. I think. Um, Know, and definitely when you're not local there i think the local guys definitely have the edge on on, on lads coming over from wales and lads coming from other counties and stuff and you saw that last last december end of november start of december whenever the rally was um all the local guys done very 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 well you see that in the modified as well this week um you, you know the, the the rob duggins and all them they were i don't think they felt at home you know whereas they do very well in killarney so yeah, we always kind of do well in in West Cork. Uh, Neil done very well there, um, you know, a few years ago when he was running modifieds as well. So he knows that area fairly well. So, yeah, very very enjoyable. And of course, Anthony touched on it well ago. I was only talking to, to to some of the lads over the weekend. The injection of money that that rally brings to Clonakilty is just phenomenal. Um, everybody wants that rally to happen. Uh, you know, there's very few objections. Everybody is on board with it. All the businesses, you know, the Gardaí, the whole lot. Every everybody loves to see their rally coming into town, and it's the start of the tourism season around here. So, 
it's a great event yeah we you love it see, you can see yourself even when you go up the street at night the chippers are full yeah. the pubs are full the hotels are full there's a great yeah. atmosphere on the street the lads in were full as well pardon the lads in were full as well actually an observation yeah. i had there on that um you know it's like anthony you can see that there was no um there's no so historics anymore there just isn't no. i was on the start line of first corner of sam's cross and the sound like i said this i think to one maybe one of you guys that the sound of the bda has taken off the start line i mean there were like young lads ready when you get going they're waiting all day to get out onto the stage yeah and you could just hear yeah. the raving uh from the start line down to the first corner was just incredible it was a bit of shiver on your back it was absolutely brilliant and the pace and the, uh, the color and the the driving ability like it, it's just fantastic it was as good as anything to watch a well worth waiting around for and even better again that we started the full field there like it was 25 good historic cars there how many cars started yeah. the event actually? There's 185 started altogether, 25 historic and 160 main field even. The max that you could start started on those two categories. We um, actually um everybody get going or was there a few people? No, else? no. Uh, we actually had one late entrant Chris O'Callan didn't was in after they see the list, but again there was room for him. And we had one historic on reserve, which is Fergus O'Mara, but Fergus switched into the main field and he was he oh. was basically the last entry. So everyone that wanted to run got a run. Which is great, you know. You're not leaving anyone on the sideline. Then, sort of caught the old army adage: nobody got left behind. Everyone nobody got left behind. Yeah, 185 nobody. cars between those two categories is fantastic. And I suppose just, just again, I suppose to go off topic slightly. Uh, again, the usual shout out to Marshalls as well because that was a long day. I, okay, you're not doing three by three like you're doing in Galway, but with the tight schedule maybe of the first two stages in particular um, and you know about this yeah marshall didn't get a chance probably to to stand down between runs um as a spectator out, out there i suppose i saw the other side of it is that the stage was live when people were arriving 10 minutes before the first car would not normally be due and the car 150 was still going around which meant that you know it actually made the job easier because the stage was live and people weren't inclined to walk down the road or do anything else that was the one advantage but it just made it probably uh, you know a longer day for the marshals and getting credit for it because it's cold out there saturday i suppose you'd have to give a shout out to the man who started off life and some i leave kevin explained this what i'm going to say i think we should give a shout out to the man who started off most of his life sitting on the toilet bowl and ended up uh and they're smiling because you know what i'm on about but he he uh i think he did a sterling job um organizing he was the chief marshal of course bones o'connor you can you can tell the audience about the toilet bowl what that is about I can I tell it? <laughs> Bones could probably tell it better than anyone. Uh, yeah, we should yeah, get him on for one of our. Maybe for the Cork Twenty, we might bring him on. It would be. Yeah, fun. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was just where he was working on the. Uh, I can't think why the toilet bowl was there, but there's a room for the coffins upstairs, and it was just uh, as he said himself, a disconnected toilet bowl, just in case there was any uh, doubt about what he was doing or anything like that. But he just said it was just happened to be a. I think it was a new one or something in the corner. Was it the West Cork he was running? It was the yeah. West Cork. It was the West Cork. Yeah, Shannon's lip. Yeah. yeah. There were undertakers. Few, yeah. The undertakers. There was coffins in the room as well, and he was sitting on a toilet bowl. Yeah. And and he's he's right. Right. Yeah. Back in 1984 yeah. or something like that, 83, 84. Yeah. He'll, yeah, I think Bones probably tell that story a lot better and probably embellish it a little bit better uh, too but yeah he's a brilliant storyteller he's a great way yeah. so what he did to be fair it is it's not a nice as anyone knows it's not an easy job to do and especially with COVID and everything else it's not an easy job to do to try and get marshals in for an event but you know as a bones pull out all the stops and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to marshals and and you know yes we always thank marshals and it's great and so on and so forth but i think when you look at the price of fuel the way it's gone very expensive everything in the supermarket has gone expensive Marshals are out quite a lot financially now compared to what they were two years ago. 
So there's, you know, I think there's great credit. There was always great credit due to them, but now there is the extra adage of it cost. It's costing them to come out, and they're still coming out. And uh, I think that's unique in in this sport anyway. That somebody would do that to assist others. Um, it shows you that the sport dedication. is still very healthy, and as you said, the dedication to the thing. Um, and they're doing a fantastic job. I, I, you don't get to see a lot in the cars, as Anthony will tell you. Um, you probably watch it on the video footage afterwards, but we certainly yeah. didn't see anyone in the wrong places. There's no one coming in our line no. of sight. But no, definitely. And I think actually I did notice that this year. And again, it's probably down to the scheduling in particular, maybe, but I did notice that because the stage was already live, you know, Marshall didn't have the difficulty of dealing with people walking down the stage or walking up the stage, or whatever yes. that might normally happen for the second run. And um, they just came in, went into position. That was it. And to be honest, as, as I saw it, they were probably as well behaved and well marshaled yeah. as, as I've seen it. And you know, something that was pointed out to me yesterday by another COC, a friend of mine. Uh, um, the rally was running three quarters of an hour late. I actually, I don't know, just the, my, my namesake realized. Did you realize the rally was running three quarters of an hour late? Only, only because of the Sportify app, Anthony. Um, yeah. we, I we, didn't. We, we, it yeah, was pointed yeah, out yeah. to me. Do you know the rally was under cross? I said, I had the clue. Yeah. I suppose the, yeah. the stages are good. We went to the start of the stage. We were out chatting and catching up with people who hadn't seen for years. Uh, yeah. Where we were, we had Gary Kieran entertaining us. He, he was the funniest man I ever come upon. Mm. Come upon and the most He's positive man. I just as him. I, I would have all the chats as well. He yeah, was a great character. character. Um, yeah. his, his axle was about to blow up going into the last stage. And uh, he reckoned he had a fix for it, and he opened the door to cover another can of Red Bull, drank the Red Bull. She says, it's good to go now. He lasted 500 yards, and it blew up. <laughs> I thought, And he was all smiles. He, he, he really enjoyed, um, yeah, he, 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 was a, he was a fun guy. And, yeah. and it, to show the camaraderie within the sport, and some of the, his, his friends started slagging him, and I said, I, I certainly wouldn't know him that well. Before he got going for the last stage, he just left a shout-out. Hi, lads. I need to be pushed, you know. You know, with a you know, fine stern yeah. voice. And I was like, Jesus, yeah. he didn't even say please. But in two seconds, it must be 30 by his pushing him. You yeah. know, they're all slagging him and there's great sport. And, and Gary, uh, and Gary's he, Gary's probably one of the characters that you don't see enough of in rallying anymore. It's just no, um, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like even four, even four attempts we made to push the car, as in we yeah. pushed it forward 50 yards, it didn't start. We had to push it back, push it forward yeah. three or four times. Yeah, so yeah. much so that we got so tired. Another bunch of a group of six or eight people arrived up from further back to field. I see Keith Moriarty and a few others, and Sam Moffat arrived on, and they started pushing because we were exhausted from pushing yeah. the bloody thing. And eventually it went. But yeah, um, nice, yeah nice. It, it, it's lovely to see all that. And I suppose when you're doing all those things and you don't realize the rallies running 14 minutes late, I absolutely no. had no idea. I no, and not. I see it like that again because there were so many cars there, and we had so few retirements, which is amazing for the you know for the speed of the stages. Um, I say, Anthony, you probably notice maybe a little bit more, Anthony, and uh, somebody you probably notice a bit more yeah. on your pair of stages at the end. There was a bit more probably machines parked up than than Anthony else would have seen in the first part because yeah, the second there, half there, of the day yeah, was where it really hit. Yeah, yeah, there was. I think the, I think the pace after lunch picked up. I think guys were probably a bit more. You know, uh, trying to get you, they were used to the stages in the morning. So I think the speed was after picking up, but um, very small touches, nothing nothing major really to, to, to write home about. One you know? thing about West Cork, and a lot of people say, look, it's just quicker, quicker than Donegal. But one of the great advantages yeah. I find at West Cork, if you're unfortunate, and don't get me wrong, there is a few buys with damaged cars and, and I, yeah. you know, and such as it. But 
for the most part there is so much grip on the stages that even when it goes wrong you scrub off so much speed before you yeah. actually hit something and yeah. all the serious items were, were protected with bales there were you know, protection bales sure. on them um yeah. and um yeah well, i suppose i suppose one thing as well that uh every every accident that happened in the rally you know the, the small ones you know cars stuck in ditches and stuff the information at the start line anthony was you know was was very helpful every course, yes. every car that was on the stage we knew the location um before we even went into the stage so i was able to mark it yes so, that's a good point yeah same as that yeah yeah so, so the information coming back from the marshals to the start line um was very impressive in west cork i have to say i, I had know. two i had two things that that something new to me in, in west cork one was um we came upon uh um Carmel court and yeah and um accident Yes. And Sean um, and Moynihan, I should say, sorry. And the the tracker red flagged. I had never heard it red flag on a stage before. I have, we've been, we've heard it go off in bits and pieces for others, but I'd never actually been in a car where the stage was red flagged. Yeah. And I was amazed at the noise of it. You couldn't yeah. hear this thing. Like we were on full revs going through ring and next thing this noise went, went off like, and I just looked up and I could see red lights flashing on this. And I just says, don't cut the whole thing. And we just yeah. slowed down to a slow speed and we were around the three corners. And he was a marshal with due diligence and he's stopping the whole thing. But like the tracker worked an absolute treat. So I spoke with um, Greg McCarthy and I was curious to see the tracking system. So because one of the services was quite long on Sunday, I got invited up. But if anybody ever gets in their lifetime to go up and see this thing in operation, you had extremely smart guys up there. You had yeah. Greg was doing the the was the decision maker from the club's perspective. You had Isa Doonan, who we all know from the forestry. She's dealing. Um, she's the person who gets the signal out to shut everybody down. Is she coordinating live with guys in in the owners of the product? And you had Tom Walsh and uh, Joe Parker in Sligo, and it was like a, it was like an operating theater. Total silence. It was almost sterile. Um, how they left someone like me in there that, you know, you really weren't allowed to speak at all once you got in there, uh, only whispering, which I found rather difficult for 40 minutes. Um, but it was it was an eye-opener. Um, and we saw, and whilst I was there, an incident happened. And and to be fair to Joe Corcoran, I think they mentioned that if someone raises their hand, they want total silence. The hand went up and... Uh, I think Mr. Walsh, maybe, you know, I might have the people wrong. He was ringing them. They were able to clue in. They could see where the accident was. They were able to ring a marshal who was 100 metres away to give them a visual report. The other man was monitoring the next car coming. They were able to speak to ETA to red flag the next car, and they kept red flagging them and stopping them until they figured out what was wrong, until the marshal reported back. It was amazing to watch it. It was... um, Maybe sometime in the future we'll, we'll set up a, a TV camera or something in there, sort of, to just give people. I suppose it's like the Formula One when they bring you into the the control room or the where it all happens. But I, I certainly I I got my eyes open. I I had a, an added interest to go in there because I I'm doing what Greg did in the Bull Rally, and I just wanted to get a feel for it. But yeah, I'll certainly be. Um, learning quite a lot which was was very very interesting and worked very very well so mm. i think the rally radio in general lads works extremely well um 
I always, I always wondered actually, is Mary actually Mary or is that the code name? But uh, that that girl on Rally Radio is absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, that Mary, Mary Fitzgerald is actually yeah. a, a local lady here from um, uh, from Limerick, uh, mm-hmm. Palace Kenry Village here. Mary, so, and, so tuned and, in, but controls everything so well, right? Because we we have that radio. We're tuned into that when we're out doing a bit of Martian. Derek is yoked up to it or whatever, right? And uh, it's just so clear, even to relay on the information to the spectators, that if you know there's a blockage uh, and it's, it's been blocked for some time and the stage is now, you know, if it's not running again or whatever, that you can translate, the, translate that across. Um, and, you know, if there was just, say, an emergency, the stage is live, nobody should be going anywhere. But if there was, God forbid, an emergency and somebody needed to get across, then you know that the stage is stopped. And there is a safe opportunity to get someone to where they need to get to. Only even, in extraordinary circumstances, of course. Even of in course. that track and room, actually, Mary, they're, they're live with Mary. They're speaking mm-hmm. to her as well. She's part of it. Actually, just a comment I passed. I just got a message on my phone. I'm sure most people know him. Terry and SVS, who looks yeah. after the tracking. I'll just read out what he said. We plan to do a behind-the-scenes video in the track and control room at some stage. That's, no. that's good. It'll be great to get that insight. That's going to be very interesting when they do that because, the, and it's, it's yeah. it was all quiet and there was silence. It's only when there was an incident you went, "Wow, yeah. this is this is this Works is something to get out." Yeah, Anthony O'Sullivan, uh, well done again. Thanks for jumping on with Tom Scallon on Stanley. No so we may bring him in. So thanks again, Anthony. Uh, Tom Scallon should be there. Tom, are you with us? Evening. How are we all? <clears throat> Flying it in yourself? Uh, sure. Getting better now. The voice coming back. Yeah, yeah. James landed in it this evening. <laughs> Again, he's good at that. Yeah. Listen, uh, no different to Anthony O'Sullivan. Congratulations. It was uh wow, like that's that's all I can say. How many uh, how many how many stages did you do with, with no second gear? Um so when we were back out, so it was the second last stage on Saturday at the start line. He had first gear and when he went to pull second, we had nothing. So from that that on then was like that for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, that's Different. incredible. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's only when it was gone you actually realise how much you use it. You know, when the stereo you appreciate it. Yeah, because I was actually trying to. I was paying really close attention to obviously some of the HM production streams came from the start line, and you know you can tell there's a gear missing, but the transition to get to first to third and then up into fourth. You know what I mean? It was actually surprising at how little it seemed like you missed it in terms of how it sounded. But obviously, yes. in the physical sense, it's a huge thing to be without. And oh, yeah. coming over here, I suppose, especially. There was, and um, anyone who competed knows themselves. There was a few hairpins up hills as well, so it was um, quite challenging. But fair, fair play to James. He, he done well. He handled it well, to be fair to him. Because the pace, in fairness, Tom, was absolutely extraordinary like the the location that, that we actually marshaled on saturday was just before location eight on Arfield, just before you come into the village at the three bells chicane is where we were so yes the thing i was looking at two things struck me right so firstly the difference in breaking point and i appreciate that different cars have better brakes and stuff like that but there's a good 30 yards of a difference between the tire marks in some cases and yes. the line that the different drivers was taken through the three bells chicane and I think you were fairly dead on straight. Like it's like as if there was no base there at all, to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like to, to go and and bring that sort of pace to it and maintain it while 
guys are absolutely breathing down your neck, hammering it over as well. I think that's one of the most remarkable drives I've ever seen anyway, from from any driver and co-driver across any category. I know, in fairness, it was, it was very, very exciting. Um, it was definitely an moment to hang around, anyhow. There was plenty of pressure going on by everybody, so it made it very good. But um, in fair play to the team, we put it all together for the last for the weekend. They done a fantastic job. Emmett, Shane and John done a great job. Keep the car going. And actually there was another service crew there jumped in um, and helped out as well. So fair play and thanks to everyone who done that for us. Do you know what was gas, right? Just talking about the driving lines. Some lads you swear they had in Azuzu and a knife for Williams with the line they were taking it out. Like <laughs> <laughs> you swear they were going to sweep everything along with them. But uh yeah, look, as I said, as I said in general, with, with the Darien, like, um, haven't seen it up close or whatever, it reminds me of Fred Flintstone a little bit. Like, it feels like <laughs> if you're going to put your foot to the clutch or to the brake or the accelerator, you're almost scraping the ground and your arse cheek's no different. Like, you are so low to the ground, like. Yeah, it's a very, very low car, yeah. Even getting in over can be quite challenging. So, yeah, no, but it is. It was my first time with Gems in it, so it was a new experience for me to learn the car. Oh, it was very good, now. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it, was, it looked an amazing piece of kit. We we uh, we were running late on the road uh, on Sunday, and yes. you were starting in front of us for a couple of occasions there, and to right, see yeah. it go off the start line, we went wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it pulled away. I assume you pulled away in first gear, and I, I'm sure you had gears back at this stage. But when you pulled second gears, the wheels kept spinning. I remember all yeah. and I looked at each other. Jesus, this isn't going to get traction at all, like. And he literally had to take he had to take the leg off the throttle to stop the wheels from spinning and ease it down gently and try yeah, and get so it. Yeah. That was on Sunday, was it? Sunday, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so he was off the line in first gear and then he had to go straight to third. And we're still wow. spinning the wheels in third gear. Like. So that was third we were seeing. Oh, third gear, yeah. Yeah. There's no second gear. You could see the whole back of it vibrate and I went, Jesus man, this is this is a fabulous. It's a fabulous feat of engineering. Getting in and out of it uh, alone, I would say, embarrassingly, with a very good friend of mine from Monaghan who shall remain nameless, but I co drive, <laughs> I co drive with him from time to time. But right. some years ago, there was a Triton launch on above in uh, in 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 uh, Kevin Barrett had it on a minute, and um, Ian Barrett brought his Darian down. But when the whole thing was over, anyway, my 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 Monaghan colleague and I says, Jesus, we'll have a go at getting into this thing. So he got in fine. He's a short and fit chap. So I says, I'll have a go. I'll tell you, if I was still there four years later, I went in forwards. I went in backwards. I went in backwards at one stage and he closed the drive. I went in through the driver's door at one stage. He closed the door behind me to see could I turn inside and I couldn't turn inside. Uh, I couldn't get into the car and twist myself in such a way that we could close the two doors. We tried, um, forward. We tried so many ways. I says, here, there's, there's a limit. I'm 16 and a half stone. I'm six foot tall. It wasn't just going to happen. Now, Ian Barris is, is every bit as tall as I would a lot. He's slimmer. a tall man, yeah. And he's a slim, but to see him bounce in and out of it, I went, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what? I won't be in the Darien anytime soon unless, they get comfy, <laughs> unless it comes with a can opener. But a fabulous piece of it. Yeah. yeah, and Tom, yeah. obviously, you're uh, I know your voice is under a bit of pressure from, from calling notes. I'm sure the celebrations weren't too shabby either, were they? Uh, no, we had a few for medicinal purposes, you know, trying to help the trust <laughs> and suit it. Yeah. A few hot whiskeys, is that? <laughs> uh, we won't say that. 
Go mad, go mad. <laughs> Listen, Tom, thanks a million. I know you had great difficulty in trying to get this bloody link sorted or whatever. But I will have a few technical eventually. issues again there tonight. Yeah. Just see, I just see a congratulations up for you there, Tom, yeah. from one of your, your, well, your I think, fellow <laughs> countrymen, Gary Nolan. Congratulations, Tom and James. Drive with the rally to put in that performance with all the bother. Just came up there now, like on the screen. Yeah. Well done, John and Tom. Let's see. You'll be kept now, Tom, I say, will you? Sorry? You'll be kept now, I say, will you, by James? Right. No you going wouldn't back know, now. you wouldn't know what you want with that fella. He doesn't say a whole lot. <laughs> One rally at a time. <laughs> As someone said before, um, he's, a, he's a man of few words, but he uses them often. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's hey, pretty good. Tom, thanks a million. We'll chat to you again, all no right? Worries. Thanks a million. Thanks, Cheers. Thanks. Good luck. Bye bye. Bye bye. It's just I just can't get my head around that to do all those stages or whatever by going first to third and, and to lose so little time and, and just be yeah. oh, it's scary. Exactly. Imagine if he had the full the full wacky gears for the whole weekend. What he'd be doing to the R five cars? Is he he'd be under threat yourselves, Anthony? I'd say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's like he's up there with the top five times of the international. Like absolutely. Yeah. But to be fair to James, though, James has all been talented. I remember him in the Nova, and I remember him doing the national championship briefly in, in an Evo. And yes. obviously he's more known in the Darien, but I mean, James is quick all over. Anywhere he's ever rallied, he's been quick and competitive. He's a guy who could travel. Hmm. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Absolutely. He's, so, Kev, uh, I, I, I suppose, uh, will we go through our class winners just while we have, uh, I'm conscious of time, of course. Uh, we, we tried to aim for 45 minutes to an hour, we're at an hour and five, but look, it's been I good sent you a WhatsApp there too, by the way, just if you're trying to, oh, you sent it back to me, did you? Okay. I did. Right. okay. That's it, with interest. Um, <laughs> go on, Kev. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start international or national or where do you want to wherever, go? Or... Wherever you feel most comfortable. <clears throat> wherever I feel I want to go. Okay. Well look, we'll go backwards this time. We'll start with the juniors. Um Jason Farrell and Ryan McHugh <clears throat> had a serious battle. Uh Jason led for probably most of it and then Ryan suddenly kind of <clears throat> took all the took all the time back on the pronouncement stage and went into a slight lead. And then Jason got the hammer down and I know it's just we took ten ten point nine seconds off or eight seconds off Ryan in the last stage. And won it by 10.1. So it just shows that the margins that were there was a um, great result. And Robbie O'Hanlon, actually, who has, I believe, lives somewhere near Craig, up around Wild somewhere, uh, did Galway. Was, um, wasn't, was we'd say, in the top five in Galway, but it turned overall here and drove really well. It was I just over a minute behind the two top guys. So a great drive there in that one. Um, in the historics, obviously, we know about Neil and Anthony, and, you know, but they had a good battle with Tommy McDonough and Gary Gallagher and Dennis Cronin and Helen O'Sullivan and of course obviously there was also a good battle I don't actually know what happened mechanically but I, I know that uh, Michael McDade and Declan Casey were were keeping um, Tommy and Gary honest for a lot of that event um, but Neil was in the class of his own all the way through there was just no catching him you know so uh, the other category classes Ed, uh, Edward Flavin in the Lancia Fulvia 50 years old I think that car is now somewhere close to what I'd say um, Morris Meskel had a serious drive as well. He was sixth overall, but he won the cat uh, H two in the um, in the uh, historics. Mark Bullets got fabulous car and driving it really, really hard. Barry Richards from Wales uh, won class uh, historic category three, and Alan Ringdon won the appendix K in the BMW. Alan got much quicker as the um, as the weekend went on and ended up fourth overall. Obviously, it takes a bit of time to get used to those those cars again and of course he'd been out in the legacy more recently so it's probably a bit of a change for him um go into the let's see here now we'll go into the class nine i suppose which is the small class the 1300 class um and like kevin flanagan was just incredible in the mini um i don't know if anyone's any footage it was something on facebook yesterday about not putting a scratch on it and i told him that it was several occasions i thought he put a lot more than a scratch on it but he managed you know he said his car control is something else and like he won he won the class by um 
was just like only four minutes, I think, from Noel McCarthy. So um, a great drive. Class 10 was Patsy McDonough and uh, Lee Kavanagh. But I actually don't know what happened Michael P. Keller, but Michael was actually leading that going up to the last stage or second last stage. But that was a you know a fairly a fairly good battle, but uh, Michael didn't finish unfortunately. So Patsy won that that class. Class eleven F was husband and wife team Seamus and Eva Ronan. Um, again a very very big class win, four and a half minutes. You know some serious driving, but she, like they have a young family and haven't been out as often maybe as they would have liked over the last couple of years. But um, you know it's always very very quick. Twenty seventh overall actually as well in the national. So um. Great, great drive. Eleven R was Bob Moran, and Bob has been coming to West Cork since '99 on and off. Uh, a lot of West Cork's done, and very, very comfortable class winner in Eleven R. Didn't like five minutes, you know. Uh, very, very experienced driver for Bob and Clarney. Uh, class twelve was Declan Campbell, twenty-sixth overall. Uh, good drive with Raymond O'Neill. It was about a minute and a half between the two at the end. Plenty sideways for both of them over the weekends. Um, class thirteen. It was a good battle for a long time between Sam Moffat and Jason Black, but then unfortunately Jason hit trouble on the um, on the second day with fuel issues, and um, Sam went on to take the uh, take the two liter uh, win, class thirteen. Um, I love seeing his reaction after Sam's cross actually when he was interviewed by uh, Killian Duffy, just saying that uh, just, just so awesome. He said just brilliant, you know. He didn't he, he didn't feel like he wanted to go back into an R five at that particular moment of time. He just felt the stage and everything he wanted. He just loved it and just it was just pure pleasure when he for him when he came off that stage, just a, a fast stage but a technical and tough stage as you know yourself, Anthony. Sam's cross isn't for the faint hearted. So uh, yeah, it was very drive. difficult to call notes on that stage actually. Yeah, we really yeah. discussed it today. Yeah. Um, Barry Mead actually would you believe it's hard to imagine the Corkman Barry actually has never done West Cork in the main field he did a junior 16 years ago this is his first time doing West Cork had experienced local co-driver Raymond Hayes with him and they finished 10th overall in second in class 13 and J.R. McDade now who's been to West Cork a couple of times from Donegal um, James McDade's son uh, very very good drive 15th overall third in class 13 another excellent drive actually kind of went under the radar a little bit in class 14 Simon Reid um, finishing 4th overall in that excellent valley actually really really uh, good drive Chris Armstrong was another new man to West Cork um, slow starting off probably probably took taken aback by the sheer pace of what was going on but set some really really good times on the second day and 6th overall and 2nd in class 14 and Colin Byrne uh, Corkman obviously was had some troubles on Saturday morning the car kept cutting out and a few times I see in the different junctions uh, third overall in class 14, very good drive. Seventh overall in the national. So, um, and he can won and Sarah McFadden won the um, class 15 in their Subaru Impreza. And I suppose it's a sign of the times. Vince McSweeney would always have been a top contender in the national. Um, eighth overall, but Vincent has been out in several years. And you know, I suppose you know, to me, even the Evo now is going to be left behind by these Mad Mark twos. And uh, still the eighth overall in the one class 20. And class 22 is, is uh, correct me if I'm wrong in this entity, is for guys driving homologated cars but don't have an international license. Yes. Uh, so here we had a brother and sister uh, pairing of Michael and Sinead Kenny. Michael living in the US, Sinead living in Singapore. Um, children of Pat Kenny from Clonara and Claire, who would have done the work. Yeah, so it's brilliant. They're like Sinead loves Sinead keeps saying she loves the rally, and they're a really good drive. They were 19th overall, and, and they won class 14. And second of that was Rory McGarity and Mark McGarity. And local driver Peter Cahan and George Shannon were third in that class. And so that's the rundown on the on the national side of the house. Um, I suppose the obviously the overall national with the James Stafford, Rob Duggan, who put it, I thought it was a fantastic drive considering he was up against Darian Power. Um, 
came under a bit of pressure right from Gary Kiernan on the on the second day, but you know, I think he would have had just about had enough on him anyway to to hold on for second place. And Daniel McKinnon third, and Daniel like obviously started probably a bit cautiously because of his Galway incident. Um, but his first time in West Cork, and he said he'd be back. He loved it, absolutely loved everything about it. So it's great to see, and good battle in the. Uh, Class 24, the right-hand drive, R5 category, uh, Jason McSweeney led that early on. And Kevin, I think, Kevin Kelleher went up a bank, I think, one stage, um, the power steering went. But Kevin came back to win that category from Jason. Uh, not much between them, just over a minute. Uh, there was two others next. Simon Michael retired, unfortunately, after an accident. And Sarah Purcell was having a fantastic drive and was chasing the two, the other two guys all the way. But she was, unfortunately, retired early in the second day. But um, was going extremely well. And one stage was only some like... 25 seconds behind Jason when he was leading it. So it's a really good pace shown there among those. Uh, class RC4, the small R2 cars, um, Eamon Kelly was just a class of his own. I mean, he was eight minutes quicker than anybody else. Uh, Ryan Caldwell was second. Now, I suppose Jason Dixon was a bit closer, but he retired on the Sunday. Ryan survived uh, what you might call a slow roll on Saturday morning. I'd say it was the first roll I ever caught on camera. But amazingly, they opened over this roof and they put back by the marshals. They didn't lose any massive time and they actually weren't even caught by the next car so uh, so they took second in that class and James Boland was third in that class with John McKay um, another revelation was William Crichton and Liam Regan actually in the mm. class 3 beyond the Valley 3 PS <laughs> like William's talented there's no question and that car it was being driven to his limits as far as I could see anyway and you know and done a mark on it at the end and you know really 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 impressive performance you know he's going a long way and he's a very unusual amazing. sounding car actually it is yeah it sounds i don't know how you describe it but it's it's distinct like, yeah, it's red came to mind funnily enough yeah except a lot faster um yeah. <laughs> and william like but william's talented like and you know it's interesting to see that he's he's easing his way up to the classes there's no jumping into an r5 i'm sure he will eventually and he'll be really good really good and competitive on it but it's an interesting car. It's it's nice to see him make his debut in Ireland and yeah, fantastic result, seventh overall. And as I said, he wasn't sparing us, you know. I mean, he wasn't that far behind us. I was actually looking at the no, times no, here. Less than a minute behind on well. yourself, yeah. Um, yourselves were sixth, uh, a second, third in class uh, RC2. Good battle with David Guest, um, local battle, I suppose, and Daniel Cronin, the three the three cork drivers, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and the first three in the um, RC2 category. And then what can you say about the top end? I mean, uh, brief observation, like Josh again just got another result. It looked like he mightn't do it. Callum was very unfortunate. Um, the gearbox breaking when it did. We were, we, we'll never know if he would have pulled that back to, back that time again on um, on ring. Marion, of course, is, uh, it reminds of Desi McCarthy back in the day, second all the time, but he has to be getting a win sometime soon. He deserves one. He's really pushing hard. Johnny Greer, very unfortunate. Johnny again deserved a fantastic result he was very unlucky just something so small to put him out at the very end um to me actually he's one of the drivers at the rally because you know like he has even though he's been doing the Northern Ireland championship and Ulster last year but probably hasn't really had much seat time with some of the other guys um at that uh, for that link of an event Alistair you know unfortunate probably the fastest driver out there on the Sunday but probably the two spins he had or two overshoots he had in a clock on Sunday morning probably just messed up his chances and um do you know, like it's 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 measured our class that I heard after the event again, like like they did in twenty nineteen, stayed till the very end of prize giving and took off up the roads. You know, they're just gentlemen. They're just just they're a class act, and I really hope that you know that they have a really good year and you know get back on the pace. I just think there's maybe not having any great luck at the moment, but hopefully will um it'll come good from the next in the next event or two. And the other person, of course, that was unfortunate, Cadden, of course, Cadden is a good drive as well, and. Like there's some really good driving. Somebody has to drop out at that pace. Somebody is always going to drop out, and there was a three obviously on the Sunday, but you know, 
it's fantastic, just fantastic competition. And I think that's the real big but if you thing watch I took from that weekend. Any of those three, I suppose Callum has won, but it's either um, the likes of Johnny Greer and Cahan McCord, and we said it on the preview show. We certainly said it about Cahan, and, and it does also apply to Johnny. Their day is, it's almost there. Like, oh, they yeah. are I, I would think I would think Johnny would be a serious challenger for the, for the Easter stages. I can't see him not being in the top, challenging for that lead because agree, yeah. near home, yeah. And Cahan, both, both of them. They're, they're both of them, and Cahan, yeah, yeah. Most. Um, yeah, Tad, I think just needs to find more consistency. I think um, he's blindingly quick, but then seems to kind of lose a little bit in the following stage. If he got that consistency in there, he'd be up there to us. There's no question. Speaking no, of consistency, again, that's, they're, putting um, in the, they're putting in the preparation, they're putting in the seed time, and they, they will get there, of course, absolutely. I think Mary Evans room. has to be complimented for his consistency. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. in, in, I mean, two, in the two events so far, um, mm. he's putting himself in positions to win rallies. By just being consistent, I would say if you go down to the timesheets, I know you're the fastest timer too, but he's consistently putting in really good times to keep him in that he position. Is. And if so, you look at it, the, the pattern as well, Kevin, is that as notice here, I can't think which stage it was. Now, he was unfortunate after pulling back the gap that he, he had an overshoot as well, I think, on Banas Garty. But if you look at it, there's always one stage in his loop that he's blindingly quick on. He obviously puts that huge work into that, and the same in Galway as well with the Black Road, you know. I, again, like that, if he can put another stage up to that level of his best stage, he probably will. He probably will win around very, very soon. Um, he has one seems to have one special stage and every, to pull out at every and every event. If that could be up to two, I'd say he wouldn't be far away. And I think he's winning. Just one more yeah. observation, because I know you're on, you're, you're wanting to drop in Anthony there as well, right? But just in terms of Callum, um, on that location as well, on the first run through Arfield, again, just to remind viewers, listeners, just before location eight. Uh, Kev, you would have noticed this as well because you're only up the road. Yeah. There was a yeah. minute interval, wasn't there, between Callum and Josh, I think. Whatever it happened. Yeah, the first earlier. stage, yeah. yeah. I actually had to stop watch running just to see how we were fixed or whatever. And I think it was a minute and 27 seconds later he came and I thought to myself, he's three seconds quicker than anyone else. And to actually claw in three seconds, just coming to location eight, I thought was was mad. And mm. obviously, he turned out. I think he was he was fastest on the on the stage, whatever. But there's a couple of pictures, lads, of his lines, and mm. I think one of them was going around Dunmore House, and another one over a crest. Like there is probably an inch between him and the wall. Like I say, you wouldn't get a sheet. I say you wouldn't get a sheet of A4 paper linked of it down between that and the wall. It was just incredible. I've never seen anything like it. It's just cut, cutting into a, where, where he where he was prepared to actually make those gains. You know. And he's just unfortunate that, you know, it's mad when you kind of look at those pictures and see how hard he was pushing and here he's after retiring, you would probably assume he has made an error. Obviously, mm. it wasn't the case. Yeah. It was mechanical. He was going to be very yeah. hard stopped. But it's one very of the difference stopped. he has compared to others is his lines. He, you have rallying now is a bit like go karting or Formula One. It's all about the easiest, quickest, smoothest line you know, it's all about smoothness, no sideways, no spinning wheels, none of that. As smooth as you can get it, and that's where your time is. Smooth, uh, when you come down into a braking within to a chicane, make break late, break once. Uh, it's easy to talk about it. It's easy for me to talk about it when I can't drive, but, um, you know, that's the difference to those guys is they, they're so confident because of their seat time that they'll come in with 100 or maybe 85 metres to go at full speed and they'll stand up on that brake pedal just the once and leave off just before the junction, just drive around it. They make it look so effortless. 
because of the seat time and the preparation as Donna and Eamon said last week. They put the preparation in and um yeah, they get a great result out of it. But it's it's um it's not easy done. I I am um, you have to make a lot of commitments in life before you get to start driving like that, certainly. Any last observations, lads? We're coming near the end of our header here. No, looking forward to the circuit. That's the next one out now, so I'm going to see how we get on. Yeah, yeah, same same here now. As I said, one thing I see Eamon saying there, Eamon Finn was saying that about so many individuals, actually, it was the biggest crowd I've seen in West Cork for a lot of, a lot of years, I'd say. I don't know how you saw it from the inside of the Valley Car, if you saw anything, but... Would you see nothing at all, actually? It's weird enough, because... Um, yeah, you're too busy kind of going to the next corner. We can more than see out over the top of the dashboard. Yeah, my, my head yeah. was to see it, though, I'd say. Uh-huh. That's the difference. My ears would say it though, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I suppose, one other observation very quickly. <laughs> uh, John Dalton, I, thought, I mentioned John Dalton. I'd be good friends with John and Gwynfer, and um, I suppose it's a shame that he had to pull out because uh, he just didn't feel well. He just said it towards the end well, of the season. That's what it was. So. He, he's, he always has an exceptional torrent yeah. speed. Yeah. Did, did he have to pull he out? Was, Illness. He did, um, yeah. Oh, he just said something to do with motion sickness. He just didn't feel well in the car, and he just want. And then the reason he went out Sunday was to get a cut over a ring, and of course that got curtailed. And I think they they went home. But like as John, at fifty six years of age, like is still so competitive. He just loves it. He just really, great uh, really, Yeah, I oh, and himself and Gwynfer are two of the gentlemen as well. Like they're two really nice guys, and um, love coming back. Just just having the fun. Right, yeah, even see Gwyndaf Evans. Yeah, I don't know. Did Gwyndaf Senior come over this year? Did he? He did. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he was doing it. Uh, I was. I was hoping. Seventy-five years of age, actually. Is he seventy-five? Yeah. Well, that's yeah, weird. That you, 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 you just brought he, something to my attention. He celebrated his fiftieth and slept in the room that I'm just sitting in here now. He slept in this room, my square room, and we had his fiftieth birthday party here in the house. When him and I did the circuit of monsters, so that's obviously twenty-five years, 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. and um, as, as, as competitive as you'll meet, I mean, the end of the ring stage on Sunday morning, he was catching the car and he came on full guns on the fellow in front of him with the lights blazing and the whole lot the horn oh, going. Yeah. And, you know, the rage was up on him, so you know, but another it was gentleman. Brilliant days to do him at the that stage. Yeah, but his son yeah. is his his son uh, Wayne really competitive. Adrian as well. Adrian is there too. But um, yeah, I think they they kind of had the measure of now eventually. But it's not. Oh, as it was. Yeah, but for long, even the last couple of West Corks, he was quicker than two of them again. Um, uh, but this year now, I think Wayne Wayne was yeah Wayne had the edge of them. I think Adrian might have had as well. But don't you worry, it wasn't for the one to try and win this part anyway. That's for sure. As I as I often called him, he's the real window of Evans. The real window. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, lads, we've had a lot of comments that have come in, and I know you've been keeping your eye on them, right? I'm not going to get to all of them, so to be fair to everyone, I'm not going to read out any of them. Uh, but thanks to everyone. You know who we are. We're just have a string of it here, but we are short on time. A couple of things just to say before we finish up. Thanks to our sponsors, treerock.ie and GRT Hire for coming on board uh, this evening. Thanks to everyone for, uh, you know, viewing, listening. Kevin, Anthony, other Anthony, uh, Matt Edwards, Tom Scallon, Thanks a million. Kevin Keller must be still on that bank and said as you're talking about that. You got stuck on because he was supposed I don't to know. I, I, I text Kevin Keller, yeah. obviously, was supposed to be on us this evening and we tried yeah. to get the link going. And yeah, yeah he's obviously ah, an issue. So we'll get him maybe, in. Maybe we'll next him time. And, and look, we're going yeah. to chat to James Stafford as well. And he sends his apologies. Uh, he got caught up for work. Uh, but nice to have a chat with, with Tom nonetheless. I uh, think we will get it recorded and we'll play it before the next show, maybe or something. So. Yeah, no, has to. We'll, we'll, we'll work out something. Uh, just to say as well, there is a buy me a coffee link in the description of the live stream. Uh, we brought in that just uh, probably in the Galway preview, actually. Yeah, before Galway, 
it's still there. It's not compulsory, but if you want to show your appreciation, uh, Anthony likes a latte. Kevin O'Driscoll, I think, drinks a cappuccino. And uh, I, I, think so. I think if my memory serves me right, I see others are trying to copy uh, your, your great idea of buy me a coffee. I think I saw somebody during the week starting ah, off maybe. a type of thing. Maybe, maybe, yeah, but you're looking, you know what? Uh, I'll stick to the seat. When you're born, when you're born in origin, you don't die a copy, do you? But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the way it is. We're we're happy to to, to lead the way with our content there anyway, and uh, I think we do it to a pretty good standard. I think the figures show that in terms of listeners and viewers. So look, uh, thanks a million again uh, to you guys. Thanks to everyone for thanks in. Kevin, thanks Anthony. Um, a few people, sorry, just to put it out there, I think we might have mentioned it last week. They have asked about the forestry and the national championship. We'd be delighted to cover it. Um. If uh, if an external sponsor wants to come on board and uh, look after that, there's absolutely no problem. Um, but there's a lot of time and preparation that goes into this. We're spending hours upon hours and trying to get this right, lining up guests, sharing it afterwards. So like, and we do it to professional standards. So that's the thinking behind it. Bit of fair play both ways is all. You and know what I mean? We're not, um, and we're not afraid to discuss the issues, yeah. Let's say, sir. Look, if they're fair, that's that's what that's what they're there to be. Yeah, sure, look, about, there's no point in hiding behind them, like. So uh, that's the that's the long and short of it, lads. Thanks again. We'll chat to you. Very welcome. Thanks, you Kevin Driscoll and uh, Anthony Nestor. And again, thanks for thanks for tuning in. Really enjoyed it this evening, and uh, we will chat to you again very very shortly indeed. Until next time, take care.